run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. Okay, welcome everyone to Run It and Shout In. Um, it's a pleasure to bring Olivia Britton here. She's done some of my favourite projects, including Black Mirror and The Lobster. And it's an honour to have you on board, Olivia. And uh, if you could do a quick introduction, that would be great. Sure. So, yeah, my name's Olivia. Um, I've spent about a decade in, in casting. I started out um, assisting on commercials. And I hopped around a bit as a freelancer and ended up at a, um, Gina Jay's office, um, who I've been working with for about eight years now, um, on some amazing projects with amazing producers and, and directors and wonderful scripts. I've just been very, very lucky, basically. Um, I'm now freelancing and working on all sorts from, gosh, international casting in South Korea, which was incredible, um, plus, you know, British independent film and some commercials. So just, you know, keeping it going and, um, and enjoying it very much. And, uh, and recently being able to do these workshops and things, which has been amazing. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Fantastic. Suddenly feels like one of those podcasts where I have to say something really clever. So luckily, I don't have to, and we can just leave you guys to ask the questions. So, um, Celine, hello, Celine. Hello. Hello. Um, thank you. Right. Yeah, really good. And thank you, everyone. Yes. Wow. It's yeah. so wonderful to be in such an inspiring room. Wow. Yeah. Um, so my question was, um, a lot of my screen stuff has been those kind of police, uh, nurse, you cast me in a tiny role in McMafia. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that kind of size role. And then I've done some shorts and some films that have more media stuff, which is what my showreel is made up with at the moment. Yeah. It kind of seems that you can see the story. Yeah. And, um, but is it worth putting those? Because you look at my spotlight and it's like, yeah, the mafia, like quite a few yeah. name but I've, they're not, I haven't put them in my showreel because I didn't know if they were, if it's worth doing that. That's a good point. Um, I will just say that we, in, in, the, in the casting world, we put a lot of value on when a casting director that we like has cast someone. So if I see that say, say you had a one-liner or maybe a blink and you'll miss it from you know I may destroy you you know something that was a really big deal and but it was a tiny part um I go oh well so and so um I've completely forgot the name of the casting director oh my god but they liked you and you ended up in that show wow that means something that suddenly is value you know and I know that other casting directors will have the same with stuff like Mafia, for example you know it doesn't matter if it was a tiny little bit but you know, you've got a name with that. That's good. That's another thing. Is it's not just you know barista or coffee shop or whatever. It, it it's it's a name, Lucy or whatever it is. Um, that also has value too. And also sometimes, more often than not, I go specifically. Have I frozen? No. Uh, more often than not, I go specifically looking for those bits because I might get an email say, uh, "I'm in. The, I was on the episode of The Crown last night. Two minutes, fifty-five seconds in. Blink and you'll miss me." And I still go, great, Nina Gold's office, cast him though. That puts weight on that. So I would, I would recommend, yes, you put them in. Okay. If, if it makes sense to. Um, but but I, 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 a combination of those little day player parts plus the kind of meteor substantial scenes is, is that's what a Cheryl is all about to me. I think that, that, would, that would 
beef it up and yeah when you recognize um pieces of work in a reel it just it it elevates it yeah okay that's really good that's really good information thank you yeah. cool uh hugo hello hi thanks uh thanks for the workshop you guys everything has been amazing it's been really inspiring um my question was just about kind of um on show reels and the clips that you choose for that and your casting type i was wondering because I could probably make myself look quite a bit younger and I'm just wondering, I know even younger, but um, if I was just wondering if that is better or to show like more of a range in the kind of like ages and, and types yeah. of characters in the show reel. So yeah. yeah, just really whether the range or like the youngness is better to go from, because obviously if you're young, then that will last maybe for longer. Yeah, that's limited, isn't it? You know, putting yeah. yourself into that kind of bracket a particular bracket is limiting isn't it so range is is, is obviously best because i might be clicking your page going oh i really need someone who can play you know like a like a like a like a mature student you know and if i'm suddenly if i'm only watching the one say i didn't know you and the one piece of material i was watching is where you're playing like a schoolboy. i don't know like i don't know how old you are but maybe you could on stage but but certainly not on screen but say, but say say that's what you were doing i would probably i might switch off or i might have the imagination to go yeah i can see him as older but you but still having that you know don't pigeonhole yourself you, you it's it's worth um it's worth not limiting it to such brackets particularly because everyone grows up everyone changes you know you, you no one can play 16 forever so <laughs> so um yeah, yeah. thanks cool um sarah's question hello hello um my question is about Zoom auditions. So I just had one this week and, you know, thankfully it was with the casting director who I love and she was lovely through it. But honestly, if it hadn't been for the fact that it was with her, I feel like I'd have been quite thrown oh, off. It's so stressful, yeah. Well, it's just suddenly like, instead of having a camera and being aware, you know, we're so used to working with the camera, knowing our angles, I'm suddenly looking at my computer screen and interacting with the screen yeah. like below the, any uh, tips Zoom auditions and how's your experience of it? I I haven't done Zoom auditions. I've, I've done Zoom meetings where the actors have come in and just had a chat, so they haven't had to put the pressure of doing a scene. Um, but then the other the other Zoom audition experience I've had is I for my own sake because I find them stressful too. That it's such a new medium. Like I freak out. Like what if anything goes wrong? I've been doing these, you know, the one to ones where you you know you have the actor kind of come in um and and do an audition that way every 10 minutes or so i uh, so so in terms of my experience with that when i'm still doing those because the practice is absolutely necessary for me not just for actor for actors but certainly for, for, for me too is um is yeah suddenly you have to know you, that what we're filming what we're seeing now is what will be recorded as your audition so your setup has to be the same as your self-tape setup so suddenly you've got to have your self-tape set up with the lighting and all you're looking great but bring in your laptop and that's where your that that's your camera suddenly so suddenly your your entire camera setup your you know think about Aaron's amazing canon 60 whatever it is 60 canon you know that suddenly is yeah. now he can't use that he's now got to use the webcam that we have on our computers so so i have seen one person manage to link up their very nice canon very similar to to Aaron's setup with a cable set it up so they were recording through that as their webcam 
and that was astounding like it was like oh god okay that was that was brilliant I don't know how I, I need to look into that um so there are ways but yeah it just it diminishes that doesn't it but I think we all sort of know that that it's not possible to do to do everything <laughs> it's not you know um yeah yeah no I sort of had my laptop balanced on literally like every single book I owned or something just like balanced to get at eye level and yeah. like because yeah. you the tripod you can't put your laptop on a tripod no yeah it's very difficult but we I hope I hope that most casting people know that they know that it's a difficult it's a new medium for all of us like I said I'm still learning I'm still doing these workshops to practice myself when it comes to the live auditions on zoom um, and then from there I treat it like a normal audition you know introducing the actor to the director you know what did you think of the script how did you you know just trying to, to to normalize it in a sense and like you said like having someone there to that you knew obviously helped you um yeah yeah it's yeah it's tricky yeah okay thank you thanks sarah um violet hello hi are you right um hello. my question i think it might be a bit specific so apologies if it's not relevant to everyone else um it's so basically uh, I have a bit of an issue because on paper I'm foreign Eastern European and that's sort of the roles that I've got for a while and that's kind of that's what my showreel is mostly about um, and I've tried to sort of help it a little bit by filming a little scene in like my regular accent but I sometimes get requests like I'll get an email from my agent with a little note from the casting director saying can Violet please tape in her own accent or her native Russian accent because they might sort of even either my agent might be like oh she's Eastern European and they might assume that my accent is a bit more Russian and in those kind of situations I always I, I wonder if when they say own accent do I try to make my own accent sound yeah. a bit more Russian or do I actually sound like this yeah. because the worry is like if I hear, if they hear me like this but they're expecting someone Russian they might just immediately click out yeah um, totally. oh that's a catch for me too really because own accent is yeah I when I, I when I've given that note before own accent I I want to hear exactly how you sound um but obviously if it is um, potentially going to get you out of a job um then 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 doing your doing your you know Eastern European accent is is for the best I mean maybe it's something where you do the two takes thing one in your own and then one with the native Russian um but then that means you're doing that every time and that's such a stress so what's the line that they say they say native accent or there sorry there was I've had two or... so there was there was one there was one which was uh can Violet please tape in her native Russian accent um and there was one that just said own accent but it was playing a real life Russian person so right. yeah. and I kind of knew that they would probably have a bit of bit more of the accent sort of thing so it was yeah. like and, and, and I'm always like, oh, do I just do like an ident in my regular voice and then go into an accent so they can sort of see? But then I think if they click on it again, they might hear, oh, she doesn't sound Russian enough. Let's just... that, that I wouldn't <laughs> mind so much, actually. If you're going to do the two accent thing, doing one as your one in your slate, your ident as your own voice, as you are speaking normally your own voice. And then the scene in the slightly heightened or maybe pushed Eastern European accent. That, that makes sense to me. That, that's something mm -hmm. I would probably go. Oh well, she can clearly do the scene. That's clearly believable. But just so we have it anyway, here's her actual, here's her own voice. You know, that doesn't yeah. hurt anything. Um, it, it does. It protects you 
in terms of not losing the job and also is truthful to 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 your own voice yeah that's probably the Got best you. way moving forward yeah thank you but don't forget down on your your at the bottom of your page native voice native accent rp yeah you know it's there if they wanted to see you know you you, you haven't lied about anything it's right there you when you speak you speak with rp voice so um so that we sort of know that in a way do you know what i mean like that's the first yeah, yeah. thing i do after i'm you know done here look at the material look at the credits straight down to the bottom native accent the language is spoken great you know okay so so, so just so, me overthinking again which is what i do <laughs> uh, i mean you know possibly but 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 also it's 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 you probably feel like you're pigeonholed pigeonholed into a certain role now don't you and you're probably mm. kind of a lot of eastern like, europeans out of that. that i get oh man i'm but so bored to job's a job that. oh my job's god a job. a job's a job i mean god anyway but yes um it's a good problem to have i think for the moment and yes. then eventually <laughs> you'll be like yeah alex like another world's problem <laughs> later thank yeah. you Thanks, thank you Maya. that's calmed me down a bit yeah. thank you good um hi joe hey. um going back to what sarah was saying there about um doing zoom meetings on you know, um, is it okay? Because I did one of those recently or not a couple of months back and I put my phone on the tripod and then I, I was on portrait mode because if you're in landscape, sometimes the camera could be over here and you're looking this way. And I felt that it was in portrait mode that it was actually um, better to engage with the, with, the, um, with the director and stuff. So you think that's better? No, I'm afraid not. Um, okay. Landscape is, is, is so drilled into us at this stage that okay. it has to be because I think there's a way when you're on zoom that if you start here but then you do slide over it will kind of readjust itself but then yeah if you can't see the people how mm. are you supposed to yeah I don't know how to get past past that one but landscape is is with, is standard at the if moment. you have a new I suppose with a laptop it's great because the camera is right here in front of you whereas yeah. with the phone it can yeah. be over to the side I mean so that's I don't know if Zoom have a way of doing two connections. Like you could have the people there and they can have the camera on your phone. Like is that like Hugo, you just nodded. Is that something that you can do? Well, you can do join the call on two separate devices. I don't know if that's the same part. Well, that might be the way forward then if you've got your tri tripod connected to where you see where they see you mm. for your for the filming and then you see them on the screen. I mean, but maybe that then just confuses the eye line situation, which is a whole other thing. Oh man, oh exactly. god, I don't know. Yeah, really how do you do that? Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah. Okay, cool. No, but the question that I had was I have um I have a, sh a short film recently and um you know I'm hoping to get it in the, the back and everything and a copy of it. But if I was to send that out to casting directors, like what would be the best thing? Is it just put it as part of my showreel or maybe just narrow it down to a short um couple of scenes? collection of scenes these are and these are sorry these are self tapes you've done yourself in terms of practice is that sorry what was no, it no, it's a short writing? film it's a short film oh, it's a short I... film sorry sorry yeah. um certainly if it's worth being part of your showreel then then excellent but a showreel is a separate separate entity in itself i would probably recommend say, saying here's the link to the entire sh show uh, short film okay like, and let them kind of scroll through it until they find you you know that 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 that's all that's fine you know hey here's a here's a short film i did over whenever i'm really proud of it here you are by the way here's also my show reel as well that link uh, okay. that's that's the best way excuse me that's the best way of doing it cool perfect thank you olivia cool cool um penelope hello 
Hi, thank Hello. you for today. Um, my question is, as a newbie doing screen, coming back to doing show reels, you say you don't mind it if it's eight minutes, whereas normally it's sort of two minutes. Um, my question is, is it better to stick to what you think your strengths are, like a particular type, where you've got maybe three different variations of that type of person just in a different setting and scene, or to do, as you say, do, well, if you think you can do comedy, put comedy, if you think you're really good at drama, like a straight drama, a costume drama, gritty drama, because I keep getting, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I'm writing micro short so I can build up my own show bill. And I'm not sure now whether to do variation as far as types of characters I think I can play or to keep it very sort of boxed and this is my type and that's my selling point. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, a showreel ultimately, you know, the goal is that it's all produced work that you've done and it shows you in a great range uh, and it's all your work that you're very proud of and that you find that you're that you feel very happy about being on your reel. So whether that ends up being two minutes versus eight minutes or 12 minutes, you know, there's no point in trying to stretch it out. You know, it mm -hmm. has to be work that you're proud of. And if that, if that means it's one minute worth of work, fine. I would recommend if you're experimenting with different um, kind of roles and comedy or types, you know, whatever it is, um, to me, that's not showreel material. Like I said, showreel is your best work. To me, that's a separate link to a Vimeo page or a YouTube page that has, um, you know, monologue serious, um, uh, cop drama, contemporary, a uh, period costume piece. That right. is experimenting and that is not, that's not your best work. That's you, you know, stretching your wings as a performer. Mm -hmm. A showreel is about your best work accumulated into uh, into what customers can see. I mean, of course, if you, you know, talking just now with, with Violet about being typecast in certain roles, of course her showreel is going to be filled with the Eastern European parts. Um, but what you're talking about is slightly different. You're talking about you know, writing these things and playing with it. You know, to me that is, and I've seen it before, and I love, I love clicking on them. A Vimeo link to a page, and each video is 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 a is titled comedy, drama, whatever it is. And you right. if you say I'm looking for, uh, uh, you know, comedy. I'll click on the big comedy. It depends what I'm casting at that point to that time. Yeah, depends, that depends okay. what I'll click on. That's okay. probably the better way to do what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm just not because I. Yeah, I wasn't sure which. So basically, so so out of those things that I've written, I would then take pieces out of there to create the showreel of my best bits of work. I think so. Yeah. Right. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Um, Aaron, hello. Hi, Anne. Hi, Olivia. Um, hi. and well done, everyone. I've time absolutely flew by in the workshop. Um, really enjoyed everyone's video. Um, I'm gonna try and be general as I can with the question, um, just so it can resonate with everyone. Um, but can a lack of TV experience compromise your chances with producers in playing like a supporting role or a leading role in a TV series? Um, and then specifically to make it, uh, to give my experience on it. Before COVID, I played, um, I was lucky enough to play um, a lead role in a well-established theatre company and from there I was then able to sign with a res very respectful um, agent um, and agency and since then um, the realm of auditions have slightly changed for me so 
slightly bigger stuff's coming in. So, but I haven't got a, a huge amount of credits for TV. Mm. So I'm yeah. kind of in this um, weird balance of, of mm -hmm. sending stuff in, getting to maybe second call or whatever, and then with producers, but maybe the lack of experience is kind of going against them, you know, just a bit in limbo of what to do there, really. Um, it's a sort of a situation you don't really have any control over, you know, so there's nothing mm -hmm. you can do other than keep doing what you're doing, which is um, auditioning for things and, and, you know, fantastic to be auditioning for things at the moment. You know, there's so much, there is a sense of on, on Twitter or whenever, what social media, things are almost back to normal, everyone's really busy. No, they're not. We're not back to normal. You know, I've, I've been working on stuff that that you think is going to go and then suddenly the insurance has pulled through and it's not actually happening. Um, but in terms of your situation, for, in terms of for us in casting, uh, the value that we put on having a foundation in theatre is so important. And that sets us up for, yeah, I feel very confident about sending an actor who hasn't got much experience on screen to a film set. Like, I feel very confident about that. Yeah. A producer... Uh, and a director will have obviously their priorities are completely different and you're but you know you must remember that you're being asked to read for significant roles more than just day player roles I suppose is what you're talking about right mm -hmm. and the trust and being you know the weight of carrying a supporting role or a lead role um, you're not taping for it you wouldn't be taping for it if they didn't think that you could do that or at least sense what your version of the role would be um, so it's more about it's more about are oh, you work for the role? Hang on, what am I saying? Yeah, it's not it's not about the whether you can do it or not. You know you can do it. You have one credit in in, in television, and that was a, that was you know the boy on top of that said that was a great piece. It, it's I think you'll probably find it, that's not the question that they're asking. The question they're asking is can he play this role? It's not the question can he do it. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, completely. Yeah, um, I'm 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 kind of going uh, completely on something you're saying, and then conversations with your agent and whatever, and trying to, and then conversations she has with um, CDs and uh, casting directors and whatnot, and trying I guess gauge what it is, and it's probably a situation of just keep plowing through. It is. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid so, and that yeah. I get that that kind of lack of control it's all in other people's hands god i don't know how you guys do it <laughs> i really don't um it's uh yeah but 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 like i said you know for anyone who hasn't got any television credits at all it's important for us it's important for you to know that that that, that i and many other casting directors if not all casting directors put so much value on having from coming to from coming from theater and that doesn't rule you out of screen jobs at all Brilliant. it doesn't right so, yeah. fantastic thank you yeah thank you Alejandra I think you, you raised your hands first hello um I think I hope my question makes sense it's a bit specific but not too specific um if you're going into the industry I hear a lot about you know finding your castability um is that something you should really have established before going in or like no or is that something that's a bit out of your control because personally for me I find it quite hard to know where I fit in obviously like a young woman um but I don't really see that many like people in my ethnicity portrayed on tv unless it's very stereotyped to so, like latin with a mm -hmm. spanish accent or like they could speak spanish and I can do that but I'm a bit worried that 
if I go in presenting myself as that I close myself to like a very small like mm. um opportunity like yeah. yeah, that's a really good question because I think your your background's dance, isn't it? And you're moving into yeah. acting, yeah. is that right? So, yeah, so I think, you know, doing as much as you can, this this side is obviously for the best. Um, with your particular case, the fact that you've got another kind of type at your fingertips, which is you are a British young woman and also you can access this Hispanic or Latin American or whatever it is, yeah. apologies, I don't know exactly, but you can access that. And kind of dipping into what I was saying before is that... Um, you know you want to get your foot in the door you want to get these you want to get roles you want to be working um it's not a bad thing to be typecast initially because it will get you jobs and it will get you the experience and it will get you on uh, working um so to be typecast in that particular way isn't ne isn't negative from my point of view because that could get you a job it's once you start working or maybe you've done that kind of role 20 times before and you want something else or maybe you know it's always okay to say no if it's ever a negative light by the way anytime you read something that's negative you know you say no like that is that's another that's a whole other thing but when it's something that is fine and it's going to get you an acting job and particularly your first acting job yeah. why turn it down you know that's a positive thing i'm not saying you're turning it down but you know what i mean um so you that's and i think this applies to everyone knowing your type or being typecast is not a bad thing if it's getting you work when however you've done it 100 times and then you can start saying no I don't want to play the one line role I want a supporting role I want a proper speaking or a role of a bit more substance then that's a different matter and you can start having those kind of conversations with your agent but your agent will know that too they'll know that you want to just be working because that's the goal for everyone everyone wants to be working so um uh, in answer to your question, you know yourself, you are your own business as an actor, you know yourself what your type is, you've, you've actually just said it, yeah. You're, you can play professional, you can play, um, you know, young professional, not professional, like whatever, you know, you know that. So um, uh, use that to your advantage. And as I say, it's your business, you yourself is your business. So um, uh, you'll, you, you'll be able to figure it out, I hope. <laughs> So, it's easier said than done you'll figure it out but you know what I mean does that kind of answer your question no it, do it does yeah mm. I, I've never like especially at the moment get whatever I you know <laughs> whatever I can take uh, but I've mm. only been put up for one audition it has been like speaking in a Spanish accent so I was a bit like oh I wonder if that's just going to be like the route that I'm going to take um, and that's not a bad thing if it is going to be the route you know, for the first, that's not going to be a bad thing. That's no. not a bad thing if it is going to be the route for the first ten jobs or so. Yeah, you know, like that's all right. That's good. Use that, use it, and then take control of it. And until you say, "No, I'm done with that." Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Rachel. Hi. Um, yeah, it was just a quick question about um, Spotlight actually, because I don't have an agent or anything, so I'm trying to like make Spotlight's my only like portal to the world mm -hmm. of, of acting. And yeah. um, with like show reels and, and different bits that you put up, if like you have a lot of credits or a lot of actual like professional pieces, would you recommend doing like an accent reel or anything that shows like maybe like quick like clips of different different characters, different accents, different people? Like would, is that something that's useful with different accents as well to show different kind of mm -hmm. range? Um, I find that when it comes to video footage i it's, it's got to be professional or it's got to be a self-tape separate to a showreel with your professional work on it that you are absolutely 
proud of and you can have a variation of self-tapes I wouldn't have too many maybe two or three and it could be a drama it could be a comedy whatever plays to your skills that you feel might be missing the gap that's on your showreel so if you don't have any showreel materials which is very normal and that's absolutely fine I personally really enjoy watching a self-tape that you're really proud of um I'll come back to that in a second in terms of the accent um it's quite normal to have audio clips and to, to be honest if you want to to showcase your accent, having those audio clips is probably more helpful to you than stressing over filming a showreel or self-tape or whatever. Um, that said, I'm not a voice um, casting director. So in terms of what's needed for audio clips is a completely different ballgame that I have no idea about. All I know is if, I'm, if I've been suggested, if I put a breakdown out on Spotlight and an agent's, and I say I need it to be specifically Northern Irish and I have a, uh, an agent say, oh, she's from, um, she's from, from Ireland, but she can do a killer Northern Irish accent, then I'll go, great, I trust that agent's opinion, therefore I'm going to request that tape, whether or not that proof is on your spotlight. So if you don't have an agent, obviously you've got no one vouching for you, and you might want to have something that you can do um, there. And just to go back to the self-tape element and having that on your spotlight, um, it's got to be a killer. There's no point putting a self-tape there that you're sort of semi-proud of. It's got to be something you're really proud of. Um, and I also find it quite important that it's it's normally fine if it's something you've lifted from British television or American television. You know, I keep going back to Line of Duty, Unforgotten, like great, you know, where there's jobs, essentially, um, uh, where there's work and, uh, you know, a short two-minute clip from, from a show that exists that's a duologue, you know, two people talking. Uh, it's monologues I'm not so, so much of a fan of, um, purely because I don't find it interesting watching someone just talk at the screen I'd rather have a reaction to and from in a in a in a, a, a dual scenario um, and I also would always avoid having something that's really noticeably quite famous like the marriage story scene between Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson was everywhere for a short time and everyone had filmed it and you know great but it's it's slightly it's almost distracting if it's so famous you know um so that's my feeling on having footage on your on your spotlight i think if you don't have any footage it's better to have a, a self-tape again that you're proud of there than nothing at all i really do think that because we're in such as particularly now within a couple of clicks i know if i want to call you in for an audition or ask you to self-tape and um if it's just one extra clip to me to watch a piece of material and see oh actually she's quite talented then i will send that request okay yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Cool. Lovely. Um, yeah, Missy. Um, so I just wanted to ask, say you find out that certain projects that you love are in pre-production and then they're going to start casting soon. Would you nudge your agent and just be like, I really want to be part of this. Or would, really you, be this. Or would you wait for the casting breakdowns to come out and be like, okay, if I fit it, I fit it. If I don't, I don't. Such a good question because I've seen like Gina's. Uh, there was a couple of times Gina's name was attached to a project, and we were getting all these emails saying, "I love this," or "It's based on my favorite book," or whatever. And we were like, "Yeah, we've seen the script, but we have no idea when this is going to start filming. Like, we're not. No one's paying us to be working on this right now, so we're not. We're not starting work. We've got five other projects we're doing, and it's too early." Um, and then, so really, I'd probably say when you know who's actively casting and if it's actually going into production, because there's always rumors. There's always something's happening and so-and-so is attached, but there's been times we've been attached to projects um, for two or three years and I've only fixed the leads. And our next focus is then the supporting leads under that. So then 
for you to have written in in the first wave, well, it's forgotten because it's four years later before we're actually casting the roles underneath those. So um, I suppose when you actively know, when you know that the cast director is actively casting is the right time, but also it's a very private thing. How do you find out when a cast director is actively casting something? So it, it really talking to your agent uh, about and being clear about, I really want to be flagged. Can you please flag it when you know? The agents will know before you do because we all talk. So that's, yeah, your agent's your, your, your best bet there. Okay, perfect. Definitely. Thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask, how important is the reader um, if mm. you if you're doing a self tape? Because there, there was a, a time where I got I got a self tape for a really great job, um, and the only person that was available was someone who was not an actor and had never actually um, even read a script before and was like reading the stage directions and you know just had mm. no idea what he was yeah. doing. Bless him. Yeah, you can hear it, can't you? It is yeah. quite distracting when there's someone who's not an actor. And in this circumstance, in this setup, I haven't mentioned it at all because it's you've been able to find someone to read with you or not, and that's great. But yeah, it, it is distracting, isn't it, when there's a non-actor? Um, but then I would I would then counter that with sometimes non-actors are the best because they're not attempting to act, and sometimes that is the best. Not someone who's not trying to do anything other than elevate you. So I, 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 in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, you'd have a group of people around you that you can call at any, no, any notice that you know, whether they're actors or not, are okay at reading opposite you. Um, uh, and there's, like I mentioned, We Audition is a website that you can kind of log on. And I think there's a way of finding, finding actors who are available to read. I mean, you have to pay and obviously it'd be better if you could do that for free by having a group of friends who are actors. Um, but obviously, as you said, there are times when that, that's not the case and you're a bit stuck. Would it be the case um, where, you know, if, if they're not good, is, you know, is it going to make a casting director or a, a director, you know, turn that off and not watch anymore? <laughs> or... I mean, I wouldn't say turn off, but, okay. but, but certainly enough to kind of not be thinking about you and be thinking about the reader. That, that's yeah. the problem. Okay. So, so if that if it was, we have had times actually when it's been so distracting. We've said, look, they've got to do it again. I'm really sorry. Um, but that's only really been times where it's like for a lead role and no one's liking them except the director, and we need the producers to really like them. And the producers are going to end up listening. And, okay. And they're going to be turned off. You see what I mean? So, yeah, I, I I would just just if you can have a bank of people that you know can 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 do it whether they're actors or not test them out use this time to test them as well <laughs> so now you know that person's okay. not good enough you know and that or, or, or teach yeah. them otherwise teach them how to do it you know okay yeah. all right thank you thanks um chris hi yeah um little question which um popped into my mind when you were talking about how obviously we're in an industry where i'm very aware that the directors are very busy they've got hundreds of tapes in front of them and I'm sure it's the same for casting directors as well. With regard to um, showreels, I had um, my showreel uh, recut recently. And, it's very good. Uh, oh, have you seen it? Mm, it's a very good showreel. Oh, thank yeah. you. Uh, well, my question is, um, there was a debate at the time whether on the very first clip, which I was lucky enough to do a film um, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan um, mm. at, just in the mid just before we went into lockdown, now, 
I wanted to start the that scene later, so it went straight into me speaking. But someone advised me that I should show that I was working with him. So I, I listened to them. My question is, is my instinct right that that's just wasting time and someone's not got time to wait an extra five seconds? That is such a good question, because when I was watching it, I thought that. I thought, why hasn't it started a couple of seconds later? Having said that, are you talking about the bit where you're walking in and you're in the background? Yes, and yeah. um, and then um, I thought, why am I watching this? That's not him. I did think that for the first one or two seconds. And then you acted, you stopped. You didn't, you weren't just walking in and it was a really long walk from all the way over there to the front of the scene. There was stuff going on. And that's why I kind of went, oh, okay, fine. That's fine. I would much rather see a complete scene um, uh, than something that's too heavily edited. Because sometimes you get roles that are really bitty and someone's cut in just the bits where you're speaking and actually I'd rather just sit and watch this scene in its entirety because by this point I'll know who you are because I've had your picture like I don't need it pointed out um, but for this particular one and I'm just quickly playing it now it was pretty obvious that you're walking in and then you stop and you go and get someone and then did it and that's part of the scene so for me whilst that was my first thought why am I watching this I then got it because I continued watching Okay. And showreels are skippable things anyway. So if there's someone that hasn't got the time, it doesn't hurt um, you in any way. You, they're just going to click 18 seconds in, 20, 42 seconds in, you've got you saying, I'm not a liberty to talk about it. Da, 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 oh, I, thought, I wasn't so, this guy hasn't got it. I'm moving on to someone else's showreel. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move on to someone else's showreel. I'll just move on within the showreel. Showreels oh. are designed to be skipped. They're skippable pieces of material. So no one's going to sit and actually watch 43 minutes. But within a couple of seconds, I can see it's a nice scene. I'm starting to engage now. You're talking about how many kids you've got. And then it moves on to a nice variation of characters. You've got comedy here. You've got this um, funky scene at the bar with the eyes and the funky thing. Um, so, you know, you, that's why I said it was a good showreel because I was watching the first couple of seconds thinking what's going on and then got it. And then it ended up being a really good scene. Um, and yeah, and I didn't watch the rest, I skipped, so, you know, I was skipping, but again, it, it did capture those moments and all those individual roles, which is a really lovely show showcase of roles. So Brilliant. I'll yeah. keep it as then, thank you very much. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, before we go round to, oh, Molly hasn't asked a question yet. So um, Alejandra, you've got your hand up. And I think um, Helen, you wanted to ask another question as well. So why don't you stick your hand up and virtually too? So then we'll do Molly and then we'll jump on to um, Alejandra and Helen. I did already ask a question. Oh, you did um, already ask a question. Yeah, sorry. It's okay, go ahead. Um, so, yes. So basically, um, oh, I had two questions, which one do I ask? I'll just ask. Um, yeah, so when looking at someone's uh, spotlight and then when looking at their photos and their showreel, is there something that, um, I don't know that bugs you sometimes with with photos in the showreel um and and i guess um i don't want to say puts you off but kind of yeah kind of bugs you yeah. if you that actor does have potential but is just um representing themselves in the wrong way what advice would you give? sure um that's a good question Repres representing oneself in the wrong way um that's a good way of wording it i think the only times where I've really kind of had a bit of a ooh, allergic reaction to a spotlight page is when there are just there's just too many pictures or too many clips to, to delve through. 
there's something I like to call, which is less clicks. Um, it makes our lives and jobs easier and it helps you too if there's less clicks involved. So um, I know exactly that if I click one showreel, like talking about Chris's showreel, I almost called you Frank then, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> talking about Chris's showreel um, where it was all in nicely edited in one piece of footage within a few clicks, I scrolled through and I saw exactly the kind of characters he's played in the past and also the range he's got. With, if you had a show that was just drama or just comedy and then self-tape scenes and then music and then singing and then dance, it's just too much. Particularly for me when I find it difficult to watch theatre clips unless they've been filmed, like how the National Theatre's filming stuff at the moment. Um, I switch off with some of sometimes with, with those kind of things. So, so just kind of knowing that if you've got that work or those pictures, keeping it really concise and knowing, just going back to what we were talking about with, with Alejandra, knowing your type and knowing exactly what should be there. And again, your agent will help you with this. If you've got one, you know, they know the industry, they have an eye for it. They can kind of steer you on the right decisions to be making. Um, uh, too much information and then not it being concise enough um for example someone might put that they've been in a feature film uh and then have on spotlight you've got another page for films and then feature films and then short films and i'm just like well just just have one tab and call it films and put them all under there and then that's less clicks for me to have gone through all of the tab you know just really simple stuff that sometimes you it can be hard to 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 see without stepping back and that's why you need yeah. another person to sort of scan your eye over it um another thing i really like about showreels sorry not showreels um spotlight pages is that you know there's like a note in the about me section i think yeah, it's about me where you can kind of write something it's the first thing we see underneath your picture and agent and i've seen occasions where someone's put currently in the crown you can see me in episode two i'm at 28 minutes in and i'm like great i know you haven't got that in your reel yet but i watched that episode last night it was just released i remember you you were the butler that came in and said one line and actually, it was quite funny. Great. Mm -hmm. I know you can, I know you're castable. Why don't you self-tape for this? So that about me section is personally, that's what I think it should be used for, like what you're currently doing. Or if you have any really specific skills that need to be flagged for whatever reason, but I haven't really seen anything so specific that it needs to be there. Because I can just scroll down and see your languages. You can juggle. You've got a car driving license. I can see where you train. Like that's all laid out for, for you. So the only thing that needs to be in about me is anything kind of, you know kind of current i feel and just um, really really quickly mm -hmm. um for, um so of course graduating last year and been trying to get an agent since and it's been it's been a bit of a struggle mm. considering we're in a mm. pandemic um, i guess my question for actors in general or graduates or whoever like getting into the room or being seen by casting directors what's the best way if you are still looking for that right agent and you haven't bagged them yet so yeah gosh that's such a good question um because my answer pre-pandemic is completely different you know I'd be saying do your theater and do get together with your friends and make make films when I say get together with your friends I don't mean hang out with your friends I mean like what um Henry Shields and Lambda did and make the creation creation of the play goes wrong um that's that's you know they made work for themselves with that that's what I mean um you can't do that anymore so so honestly the best thing right now is to be um i mean doing stuff like this you're practicing yourself tapes um if you've got good tapes that you feel positive about sharing you can send those out via email to 
to to whoever's casting whatever and actually it was i was listening to dan daniel edwards um did a podcast recently i don't know if you saw clips on that i think it's act on this um he said something really interesting which i thought yeah god that's such a good point um if you want to be getting into television which of course is what is you know the only thing that's working right now um uh, because cinema i mean no one's going to cinemas at the moment so that's not that's not happening uh is to be looking at kind of what's what's filming in the fringes you know the doctors the holby cities the extenders that that is your your way in those kind of roles like target do do kind of be smart about it target the cast and directors you know john cannon at the bbc i know that sounds easy it sounds really naive to say why aren't you emailing john cannon like of course you've all been emailing john cannon but it's having that kind of eye and awareness of what goes on the edges, the fringes of television. And then I'll see, or not me, but someone else might see, oh, well, he's done a one-line role, is a doctor in Doctors. Okay, I know he can do that. He can now be a one-line policeman in in this other show, in, in Emmerdale. In so it's a kind of a way of, of, of going in. And I know that's, you know, you're doing that already. You know, you've done, you're doing your research, you know the cast and directors, um, you're writing to everyone. Um, that's just to say that you're doing the right thing. You, that that is the right thing to be doing because what else can you do at this time? And it is it is damn hard, and um, and we're all very aware of that. God, it's so depressing. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, right, not to have a bit more of a. No, that's no, it's helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I had two questions for my first question. Uh, Molly kind of asked us about getting in the room. Um, I think you've covered that, but I was just wondering about, I know you were saying joining Spotlight and stuff, um, but basically any work I had done has been from years ago. So I would have been like young at the time, like I was still in primary school. And do you think that is still important to include like in a Spotlight to still reference that I have worked, I just haven't been currently working, I suppose. Yeah, I do, because until you've got more credits that will mean more, those are your credits, right. you know, so, so so there's no point in hiding those. And certainly they're already on your IMDb page anyway. So it's not a negative thing. It doesn't it doesn't um, uh, go against you in any way. It supports you. So it's worth keeping them there, even if they're old, until you get more, until you get more recent ones, that is. Yeah. OK, um, yeah. I had another question as well, but I don't mind. Um, I just want when you were talking about accents and when they're not say they're not specifically asking for a certain accent but you know the writing is like English or American so kind of the way like the dialogue wouldn't necessarily be the way I speak naturally do you think you should adapt that or just go with your own accent and speak how you would speak normally I suppose usually when you have a tape request you will have a note on the accent and if there is no note on the accent it's your own voice Okay. so uh if it's so specific that it would change the way you talk entirely like american southern american australian draw whatever um then i without any kind of direction in the notes i'd personally say feel free to change anything but not too much some writers are very hot on you changing their words <laughs> so just be mindful of that um but yeah it should be in the notes um and if you're not sure you can always ask okay perfect thank you so much yeah Hi. Um, well, apart, for, apart from all the tips I've learned about the lighting, um, one of the other things is I noticed with Sarah's background, that lovely blue, and um, uh, somebody else had it earlier, didn't they? And it was, it's really strong. 
So what would you, do you think that's a really good idea to have blue as opposed to white or gray or because I tend to normally use either white or a gray background when I'm doing a self tape. Mm. But um, the blue is re it really pops. I mean, I'm just it does. Yeah. I mean, it depends on your setup, you know, is your lighting, uh, is that going to complement a blue background? Do you have the clothes that's going to work with that? Um, and uh, like for, for us in the office, we when we used to do auditions in person, it was only a white background or a, we had one of those pop-up things like um, like Sarah's got, but it was a white or a black background. And we would alternate it depending on the kind of light we were using, if there was enough natural light and, or, or you know, or based on if the actor came in and they're completely wearing black and then we'd switch it to white. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and they're pretty cheap on Amazon, but do you absolutely have to have a block color background? No, um, it just, it depends on your budget, your setup, um, I, I'm not going, I'm certainly, you're certainly not going to penalise if you don't have one. So no. it's your personal kind of choice, I, I think. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I think Oshi, I know Louis was after. Yeah, so my question was, I'm I'm with uh, a new agency. So like they're, they're quite, um, they've literally started like last year. Um, mm -hmm. And I just wondered from you, like what the sort of process is like of kind of forming connection or like a relationship with an agency that sort of just started out that's a really great question um any i mean yeah i mean anytime i've had a great connection with a new agency is it's because that's a, a junior agent or senior agent from a from an existing agency that's gone on on their own yeah. and i know and trust and like their taste so i will immediately go to them because i've you know they were an assistant for so and so for years we were assistants at the same time I really trust them. I like their taste. Um, you know, in that setup, that that that's that's happened organically, and that's quite that's probably the most normal way that we build up our trust. You know, mm -hmm. just over time, with a, with a completely new agent where I've got absolutely no idea who they are. Um, there's the only thing that can happen is that they've got the right actors. Say I'm looking for Brazilian speakers, and they've got to live in London, and they happen to have that. Then I will. I will get to know them through through that you know it's quite it's tough obviously um there's a really great podcast on here charlie charlie's um interview with molly wonsall on all things agenting and molly is one of those excellent agents who just is is wonderful right yeah worth listening to that um as a side note um but uh uh yeah it's it's like being a new casting director or like being a new actor isn't it you've just you've got to be the best so that that you stand out in a great way yeah. and there are lots of agencies that do that and you think oh god what, where's that they've come they've they've got the most amazing clients gosh okay okay who else have you got so sometimes um there'll be a tiny agent with with one amazing actor and then you start to look at their other actors because you start to trust that agent's taste yeah okay yeah thanks a lot um should we go for isabella hubbard next hello um so thank you very much for giving us your time this morning, if it's your morning. Um, firstly, how is South Korea? Um, and secondly, obviously self-tapes are kind of just the thing just now. And I just wondered from your um, angle or, or prospect, when you watch them kind of over the last few months, is there anything that keeps coming up that's a wee bit of a pet peeve for you and that all of us could be thinking about and not doing? Oh my God. <laughs> That's such a good question. <laughs> oh no, what pet peeves? I can't think of any. Oh my goodness. Um, well, first of all, South Korea is lovely and um, 
everything's open here. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, their bars are open. And um, there's a curfew, though. There are restrictions. There's the rule of four here, not the rule of six. And everything closes at nine. But, oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It's amazing. Um, uh, right, enough of that. Um, um, pet peeves. Oh, my God. That is such a good question. Um, okay, pet peeves is labelling of tapes. And I know that's a really basic thing that some of you already know and that's going to be so boring to hear but we we um anything that helps us um basically we 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 do a lot of um we get a lot of tapes all in one go we might say ask for 10 to 20 tapes and um if you're right and we might also be working on multiple projects so sometimes it's very useful that not only the the if you're doing a title card within the actual tape it says the project the character name your name the most important pieces of information but also the actual file so if you're sending it via we transfer that it, the file name itself is your name that is the most important thing the amount of times i've hit download on say 10 tapes at one time and it's img 6054321 and i've i'm and then i open it and then they might have a title card there in which case great i know that it's joe blogs um uh, self tape and that's absolutely fine I can then relabel it but if it doesn't I've then got to figure it out and I can figure it out very quickly I know who I've requested but it's anything that, that slows the process down gives us more clicks to do more work to do in that sense anything that makes our job easier um, speeds things along and helps us enormously um, and just on the less clicks of it all anything that helps us so for example, you might have a link on your Spotlight profile to a showreel or a website, which then takes you to a page, which then is your showreel. If your showreel is already on your Spotlight, that's one click versus four for us to find it. And I'm using that as a terrible example because not, of course, if you've got a showreel, it's gonna be on Spotlight, but just as a, in the simplest form, less clicks helps us enormously. Um, I feel like, again, I hope that's a really long winded way of answering your question, but I hope that, so I hope that helps. <laughs> I think that's everyone. Fantastic. Lovely. Thank that's you so awesome. much, everyone. This was absolutely fantastic. What a great bunch. Um, all your self tapes were so interesting and a joy to watch. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. Ah.